verses about spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, help us keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and preserver of our faith. Why should we stand firm in the Lord? What critical armor and offensive weapons has God given us through his word? Tell families to use the armor of God will equip us to live our faith, recognize and resist the schemes of the devil, and serve the Lord with gladness. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for the Family Shield program. Families are in a spiritual battle and need to rely upon God's power, the sword of the spirit and prayer so they can stand firm in the face of attack. Um, some years ago, I was the executive director of the National Lutheran Parent Teacher League. And each year we selected parents are a parent of the year. Uh, the year that I'm going to share a story about, we selected Parents of the year, their names were Josh and Karen. We selected those people just by getting letters from the schools and the churches uh, because we were a national organization. Well, our convention came and Josh and Karen didn't come. And we found out why they were getting a divorce. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, it was very challenging for us. Our board of directors met after the conference and we prayed for them. And then we went on with our meeting. Later, I had a couple conversations with Karen after the conference was over, and it sounded like the divorce was going to happen. And uh, we, again, prayed for them. But about six months after that, I got a Christmas card from Karen, and it wasn't Christmas. And I thought, hmm, this is strange. I'm going to call again. And I called to uh, visit with her, and she shared with me that her and her husband were not going to get a divorce. And then she told me what had happened and shared a little bit. And I I want to just share this story as I begin this topic of spiritual warfare. She said uh, they had problems. She never told me what the problems were, and they got so bad that finally they stopped keeping it a secret and they told people at their church and their school and they began making plans for a divorce. But she said um, uh, during that time, Josh heard a radio program about spiritual warfare. And one of the things that the host talked about is that Uh, Satan was the enemy, that there was spiritual, there was a spiritual realm and that they, that Satan wanted to destroy families. And uh, he came home and told Karen about that radio program. And the two of them began praying without each other, knowing that God would heal that marriage. And uh, then they continued to talk about the fact that maybe uh, this divorce wasn't what was supposed to happen. Maybe they needed to rethink it and pray more about it. They began praying together. And eventually, she told me, they were able to work out their problems. And they told then the school and the church that they weren't going to get this divorce. And that's when they found out that there were just thousands of people praying for them, praying that God would intervene and save that marriage of those parents of the year. One of the things she said to me that day uh, that stuck with me for years afterwards was, Kay, no one at the church ever told us we were in a spiritual battle. 
And uh, so Family Shield's name is based on Ephesians 6.16, take up the shield of faith. But that's in the middle of Ephesians 10, uh, verse 10 through 20, which is all about spiritual warfare. And I don't want you to not know about this. So I want to read those verses and then kind of unpack them a little bit more for you. So from Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the full armor of God that you may stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert for all the saints and pray on my behalf, says Paul, that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel of which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. We believe that congregations must partner with the home and help children, parents, grandparents, and church leaders understand the enemy and how to stand firm in the face of attack. Now, we have several enemies, not just one. The world, the culture we live in, is an enemy. We need to beware of how it can influence us. The flesh, our own sinful nature that we still have, even though we're believers in Jesus, we still sin and we still have that sin nature. So we have to uh, continue to pray and resist and, and to try to do all that God wants us to do. And then finally, an enemy is the devil and his schemes. Now, before I start unpacking the verse, that Bible verse talked about the schemes of the devil. And let me just give you a few thoughts about that. What are they? First of all, we know from scripture, Satan uses deception. He is the father of lies. He deceives many into believing non-biblical truths. One of the schemes. He uses subtle means to get us to put our family our job, material things, sports, our power before the Lord. Satan wants us to doubt our faith or be confused about spiritual issues. He loves it when people don't know anything, the biblical illiteracy that is so prevalent today. Satan continues to place temptations of the flesh, materialism, media's, media's negative influence, conflict, and family problems in our path. And we must be strong in the Lord and continue to stand firm. You hear that standing firm a lot in those verses. So to stand firm, how do we use defensive armor and offensive weapons? Now, God's word talks about defensive ways to 
help yourself in also offensive weapons. So I'm going to talk first about the defensive armor that he gives us. And what I've done is cross-reference, because I believe scripture interprets scripture. So many times when I hear people talking about spiritual warfare, they say, we have to do it. It's up to us. We have to work hard. And I see all about Jesus in the gospel message in these verses. And I've cross-referenced some key words to look up in other parts of the Bible what that same word means. So the term, take the helmet of salvation, I have highlighted salvation, and uh, I have four verses related to salvation. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved from Acts 4.12. There's only one name that saves us, and that is Jesus Christ. So as we talk about salvation We remember that verse. What might we want to protect our children and youth from that would require a helmet? Take the helmet of salvation. Think about it for a minute. What do you think? I think we put bike helmets on our children because if they fall, we want to protect their heads because it can be very dangerous. We want to, as parents and grandparents, protect them from dangerous things that might be on the Internet or television. Uh, Many ways that we use a helmet to proclaim and save our children and youth. Uh, From 2 Timothy, we read, You, however, continue in the things that you have learned, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And so we raise our children from the time they are very small to know and love Jesus. I love a little bit more about that second Timothy. His uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother were Lois and Eunice, and my mother's name was Eunice. And so I always remember that and, and that they taught him from a very early age the things about the Lord. Romans one sixteen. for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation, there's that word again, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans one sixteen. you know, in today's world, a lot of people just don't understand what we mean when we say the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. Uh, and they don't really believe that that is how we are saved. So those are all of the verses I have about take the helmet of salvation, but it's just good to cross-reference to see what else God's word says. The next section is put on the breastplate of righteousness, and I've highlighted the word righteousness because so many times when I hear other people talking about spiritual warfare, they start talking about their righteousness. They have to do it. It's all about good works, according to them. I don't think that's what the Bible means. Christ died for us while we were still sinners, not because we were righteous, good, or perfect, says Romans 5, 6 to 8. It's all about Jesus and his righteousness. God, our Savior, made us fit for heaven, not because of good things we have done, but because of his love for us, Titus 3, 4 and 5. Splendid and majestic is his work. His righteousness endures forever, from Psalm 111, verse 3. So then, as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, 
Even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. Romans 5.18. And of course, that's talking about Jesus. And it's also talking about the fact that when Adam sinned, that sin was passed on to all mankind. And Jesus uh, was the perfect one who suffered in our place. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Yes, we are to be trained to be righteous. I'm not saying we're not, but we need to remember that we look first to Jesus' righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work from 1 Timothy 3.16. So it's all about Jesus, but yes, we strive to also be righteous. And God's word is going to help us in that process. We strive to live a righteous life. But when we fail, we have a Savior who forgives us 70 times 7. The next verse I have uh, is, Gird our loins with truth. And the word truth is what I've cross-referenced. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, from John fourteen six, So we gird our loins with truth. It's the truth about Jesus that we want to proclaim. And then uh, Psalm 119 says, Thy word is truth. Certainly, we need to know the word of God. If you abide in my word, then you are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall sh- set you free, from John eight thirty two. So again, We need to be in the word of God as Christians, abide in him, and know the truth. As a result, we will no longer be children tossed here and there by waves, carried by every wind of doctrine, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ from Ephesians 4:15. And here is the thing, I just finished an article for Lutherans for Life uh life date and I talked about spiritual maturity comes through growing in God's word and babes in Christ are these children being tossed here and there carried about for, by every wind of doctrine they they don't know, they can't discern truth from error. It's very challenging to see people that say they believe in Jesus, and maybe they do, but they're not in the Word of God. They're not studying the Word. They're not in Bible studies. They're not doing devotions. Uh, they're only maybe going to church on Sunday, and that's it. The, they may be baby Christians. They may not be Christians at all. It's not really for us to decide, but uh, the Bible says if you don't know the Word of God, if you don't know the truth, You can't discern it. So we need to beware and gird our loins with God's truth. Remember, the Bible says the truth is not in us. First John eight, we are sinners in need of daily forgiveness. Thank God we have a savior that always forgives us. I want to make a few announcements and then I'll go back to this uh, study. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, Being an Everyday Missionary. To request a complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. 
please make sure you give us your complete name and address when you call or write. The Family Shield radio program airs on more than 50 radio stations each week throughout the United States and is also available through our podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. We invite your prayers and support. If you'd like to support us, send a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. You can also donate on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call Thrivent at 1-800-847-4836 and one of their employees will help you. Remember, you choose, but Thrivent gives the gift. Why not put Family Shield Ministries into your will or estate? Most people want to give the majority of their assets to their family, but many also put a favorite nonprofit ministry into their estate to receive 5 or 10% of it. Family Shield's estate program is entitled Generations Legacy. Your gift will allow us to continue the ministries for many generations and beyond your lifetime. For more information, contact us at witness to family at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Family Shield and for your prayers. Learn more again at www.familyshieldministries.com. This is Kay Meyer, host for today's Family Shield program. Thanks for listening. I want to go back to my discussion on spiritual warfare and uh, the defensive. We're still talking about the defensive armor that God has given us. And he talks about these things in his word, especially, and there's many verses, but Ephesians 6, 10 to 20 is a really well known. And a lot of times people will say, well, Jesus isn't spoken about in there and you won't find the name Jesus in there, but you cross reference those terms and you see it's all about Jesus and the message of the gospel. So we lo- gird our loins with truth. I just finished that up. The next is shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel brings peace. Peace in the midst of trouble. Yes, we have troubles in this world. But still, that peace that passes all understanding is there for us. We have peace in the family and peace in the church. Well, we don't always, do we? (laughs) So I like this phrase, N-O, no Christ, N-O, no peace. K-N-O-W, no Christ, K-N-O-W, no peace. Part of Family Shield's mission is to educate and equip people to know Christ, K-N-O-W. So we want you to know Jesus. We want to point you to him as the author and preserver of the faith. The next part is to take up the shield of faith. And our name is based on Ephesians six sixteen. Take up the shield of faith because Satan is firing flaming missiles at us every day. And with that shield of faith, we can deflect. It's still a, a uh, defensive armor. The Roman soldier's armor protected him from danger. Um, 
And uh, we know that God is our shield and he gives us that shield of faith. But I wanted to just read a little bit about the Roman shield because I found it really interesting. The typical Roman shield was about the size and shape of a small door, approximately two and a half feet by four feet. It was made of wood and covered with leather or linen and soaked with pitch to extinguish those flaming arrows because they really were being sent their way back then. A group of soldiers could form an a wall by standing shoulder to shoulder with their shields side by side. They could even put a roof up by holding their shields over their heads. With enough soldiers, they could form a house with four walls and a roof. Roman soldiers practiced together and could, could even move in formation. This provided protection for the entire group in situations where one or two alone would have been nearly defenseless. The Roman shield is a good illustration of living the Christian life. Our faith is the pitch that quenches the flaming missiles of the evil one. Our faith in God protects us because God keeps his promises. So what are the offensive weapons God has provided us? We've been talking about the defensive armor, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, girding your loins with truth, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel, use the shield of faith. Now let's talk about his offensive weapons. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And again, I've cross-referenced the word, the sword of the spirit in these verses. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart from Hebrews 4.12. Have you ever found that? You open up the Bible and you say... I never saw that before. It's just so relevant for what I'm going through today. It's alive and active and pierces, pierces as far as the division of soul and body. It is an offensive weapon. How did Jesus use the word in his encounters with the devil? When the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, you know, he was. Command these stones to become bread. And he answered and said, It is written, using the word of God again, for his offense. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city, and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to Jesus, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will give his angels charge concerning you, and on their hands they will uh, lift you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, again, Jesus uses the word of God. He doesn't listen to Satan's lies. Satan is lying to him. He just keeps coming back with what the Bible really says. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. After the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I, this is Satan speaking to Jesus. Can you believe it? All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve only him from Matthew 4, 1 to 10. 
So again, Jesus also used the word of God as a defense. And you have to understand that Satan twists the scripture. He always twists it a little bit. He is a liar. So beware. It's easy to be deceived sometimes. Why do you think so many Christians so, spend so much time on defense rather than offense? Using the word of God. Don't forget. Do that. Um, and why is fear the wrong motivation for spiritual warfare? So many people are afraid. We don't need to be afraid because Jesus has won the battle. Prayer is also an offensive weapon. Use it. Pray. Prayer is powerful, not because it's prayer, but because God is the one that answers our prayers. And it can be an offensive weapon. I don't think we use it as much as we should, and we don't understand how very powerful it is because God is behind the prayer. I, I, I think witnessing is also an offensive weapon, and I'm not positive about that, but I think it is. Um, so I would just read this verse again for you to think about that. Can witnessing be a defensive Weapon. What do you think? Let us know. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, of which I am an ambassador in chains, and in proclaiming it I will speak boldly as I ought to speak. From Ephesians 6, again, the end of uh, Ephesians 6. And so, as we conclude... A uh, little bit of summary. We need to remember that Satan has been defeated by Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. He's still around trying to cause problems, but he's kind of on a chain. If we listen to God and we follow God's rules, my, my son Kevin, who was a pastor, who's passed away, used to say this when I spoke on Wicca the one time. He said, it's only when we break God's rules that we're in so much danger. If we would always do what we're supposed to do, Satan can only go so far. There's like a chain of protection around us. But when we decide to do something that we're not supposed to do, then he has more power to cause problems in our lives. So we look to Jesus. He is the righteous one. And we strive to do what he wants. And when we fail, which we will, we ask for his forgiveness. It is available for us every day. Again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Next week, the importance of reading Bible stories to children. My guest is Rodney Rathman of CPH. And uh, I know you'll look, you'll like that program. If you want to learn more about Family Shield, go to our website, www. FamilyShieldMinistries.com. This is Kay Meyer. Again, thanks for listening. Uh, may the Lord continue to bless you and your family. Don't forget to stand firm in the Lord. God be with you. listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230-015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.